When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Usted está escuchando Las Cobras y el Fuego Mejor de 2018 parte 2. ¿Qué te pasa? Sunteți de ascultare la Cobras și Foc cel mai bun din 2018 parte 2. Ce este în neregulă cu tine? Vous êtes à l'écoute des Cobras et le meilleur feu de 2018 partie 2. Qu'est-ce qui ne va pas? Usted está escuchando Las Cobras y el Fuego Mejor de 2018 parte 2. ¿Qué te pasa? Si hören den Cobras zu und feuern am besten von 2018 Teil 2. Was ist los mit ihnen? You are listening to the Cobras and Fire Best of 2018 Part 2. What is wrong with you? Best of 2018, part two. That's right, we found gold in the gold. In the black and blue light, now it's reading your eyes. He's a mean dog barking in the dust, in the dark, in the middle of the night. Ain't no begging you can do, you got trouble times too. A trooper with an attitude. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the hungover Loose Cannon. Uh, why are you so hungover today, Loose? It's uh, New Year's Day, a new uh, first day of the year. You know, I'm already starting off the year with anger. I'm very cranky, and that is because of the tradition of midnight champagne and mm. toasts. Did you now, drink it out of a plastic glass? As is tradition. Yes. You know, they, they, I mean, think about this. How much, and I think I've mentioned this before, but how much of champagne sold is actually just poured out in the fucking sink? Oh, at uh, least 90%. Overall, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the most of over- the 10% left is drank by Ace Freely between 1970 <laughs> and 1983. <laughs> you beat me to it. What kind of man? What kind of man lists champagne as his, as his main alcohol intake? I mean, I can only imagine. It's classy. The, this, 
Yeah, I mean, first off, it's 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 all bubbles. It tastes. It doesn't matter what grade you get. It it doesn't matter if you get like it's a. You know what it is? I'll tell you what. Champagne is. You know what? One of the first things I ever drank was fucking Bartles and James. Uh, goddamn wine coolers. You know, just somebody just. We, or my parents had it in the the fridge or whatever. I think that is more manly. A fucking Bartles and James. Bartles, James, and Freely should have been another <laughs> a, a brand name. Yeah, Ace really is an AA, and he's like, yeah, he's, uh, he's with between my life and James. was my life was fucking ruined by uh, Dom Perignon <laughs> and uh, and strawberry heroin guy and <laughs> and strawberry kiwi Bartles and James. Yeah, yeah. That shit fucked me up, man. So anyway, stay away from champagne, kids. Yeah, you know, I, I say go with the meth. Stay away from champagne. Fuck champagne. Worst hangover <laughs> ever. Uh, but happy New Year to you! Let's, what, what are we doing here today? Uh, well, it's good that you're rehashing one of your old material because it's a clip show. Uh, it's part two, <laughs> exactly. It's part right. two of our best of uh, Cobras on Fire 2018. Again, you know, if uh, maybe you don't like sports, but everybody around you is watching bowl games, just plop these, plop this in, and uh, kind of escape for an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, whatever it ends up being. That's right. Can we just be honest that we ran out of material about August 2015? Oh, right on. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Fair enough. Yeah, can I just say a, a, a quick a quick summary of last year? Which yeah. I think are, uh, Why don't you? Uh, sure. So I just want to say great job at your appearance at Rock and Pod Expo without me, because mm-hmm. I think that really helped us because our, our listenership really grew. So I think the absence of me <laughs> has made the show so much stronger as, as you appeal to the masses. Yeah. And I, I have, we have had, we have... Yeah, because the, the year that we went there together, our our, our numbers didn't grow as much. So thank you for yeah. not inviting, or, or for th- thank you to my life for not allowing me to go. But next year I will be there. Yeah, so, so we're gonna, our numbers are going to take a hit. Uh, sometime well, they're going to gonna... September. So yeah, as September they will plateau and slowly go down. <laughs> No, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Rock and Pod three, and I'm looking forward to everything. I'm actually looking forward to you maybe doing an interview or two. Ooh, yeah, I should probably uh, do that. At some <laughs> you point. managed to you get think? through the entire year without doing one, didn't you? Yeah, I did one in 2017. That's Danko. And that was it. I think that's oh, my wow. only interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's step it. your interview game up. You're a lot. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You're better at it than I think you think you are. Mm. No, it's just the fact that you have so much more free time because you're a, you're a powerful man with a f- flexible schedule. <laughs> a flexible schedule. All right. Uh, good enough. Nice work uh, all year. It was it was a blast. I always enjoy uh, when we do get together, and I hope people really had had fun. Hopefully these clip shows aren't pissing you off too much. We're going to be back a week from when this posts with brand new material. We promise, sort of. I got another idea for next year, though, instead Ooh. of a clip show. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, how about we have the Canadian Geeks Chatting Metal NWA show? host let's stick with the clip show you know i told you once tonight that you could always speak your mind you work so hard to say what's right i watch you do it all the time Could you be the girl I 
picks up Paul Stanley's audiobook at Half Price Books this week, Luz. You'd never heard it before? Oh, I bought the book. We both we've both read it, right? Yeah, but I've only no I've I've never read it. I've only listened to it because I said I can only take this book with him talking to, to me. So I actually got the audiobook, which made it so much more worse and better and and awesome. I th- well, I I like to think that as I read the book, uh, I I sort of read it in his voice, you know, I mean, I've I've heard him speak enough over the years that it but hearing him, you know, emphasize things the way he would. Yeah. It's it's almost like better. <laughs> like I, I, I saw it there. I'm like, 20 bucks. I'm like, well, you know, as a collector, I, I can justify that, right? But I actually sure. wanted to, like, slap those CDs into the, the, the old Bach Cruiser and, you know, <laughs> spend a few weeks driving around listening to Paul Stanley. I didn't understand why everybody was jumping ship. We were still Kiss, and I still looked at the band as my life raft. Where did everybody go? We had a tour schedule to start on December 27, 1982, and we didn't have a permanent replacement for Ace yet. I'd felt from the get-go that Vinny wouldn't work in the band. And in the interim, some nasty rumors had spread about him stealing equipment from the rehearsal studio, but nobody else was on the horizon. When the decision was made to bring him in, I said to Gene, I just want to go on record saying this is a bad move. Yeah, at the end of it, you do develop a lisp listening to it. Oh, yeah, just, totally, you know, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, when you're, after a while, you're like, oh. I, it's, it's, it's even funner when somebody gets in your car unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, all right, let's go. And then it's like, you know. Chapter 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see, let's, what are you listening to? Uh, this is the local news. One thing that really hit me pretty early on, just listening to him talk, I'm talking, I figured this out just before he started talking about uh, jo- you know, starting Kiss with Gene Simmons, and that sure. is, he is Pink from The Wall. The Pink Floyd record, <laughs> The Wall. He is the main character. So he is the guy that <clears throat> calls in and his phone keeps getting disconnected. And uh, he, No, he's the one hanging up. Think about it. He grew up in a non-nurturing, non-supportive home. Like his parents were never really there for him as a as a parent. They were almost like, "Yeah, go deal with it. You're almost six, you know." Uh, and, and and he struggled in school because of his his you know not having hearing in one ear, and then also not wanting it to be like a focal point for anybody to know about, right? You know, because he, he felt like that. He was also bullied because of that, and also unpopular. He didn't really have a social, you know, network of friends to fall back on to even deal with bullies and, and things of that nature. He was very much alone, just like the character in in The Wall. Yet, in spite of all these things that are holding him back, he becomes this giant rock star. But even then, in his book, in his own words, and on the audiobook, his own voice, he starts talking about himself putting up walls, which <laughs> which he continues to do. All through the 70s into the 80s, it doesn't really seem like until somewhere around the reunion tour after that, that he start, after his first divorce, that he started thinking like, I got to get a little bit of grip on this. Can, you know what I mean? Can I can I can I correct you for a second though, just because you have you're a little uh, off in your accuracy? Sure. It, he isn't putting up walls. He's putting up Bob Ezrin projects. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he's remodeling uh, his mental state with Bob Ezrin walls. Right, uh, but yeah, I mean, he look. The wall basically is a story of of mental illness out of control. 
Sure. And Paul yeah. acknowledges very very early on for being a little fucked in the head and 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 needed, no, I mean he's not uh, sociopathic or anything like that, but you know he's he's needed psychi- psychiatric help for pretty much most of his life. And you know what they you know what the working title for Goodbye Blue Sky was, right? <laughs> I I forgot, remind me. Cauliflower ear. <laughs> oh my god, you got any more? No, I'll, I'll work on them. What about comfortably numb? Comfortably, comfortably sleeping on the left side. <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, because of the pillow, you you don't have an ear smooshing up against the side of your head. Oh, that's a little too for high concept for our listeners. Too high concept. Yes. Oh uh, well, now I'm thinking because they're saying 2019 we're going to do a three year tour, which you know that takes us into 2022. That has to be it, right? I mean, sure. there's, there, there's, I mean, it's at least reasonable to think this is the last end. I want the last Kiss show to end the way it does in Pink Floyd: The Wall. Are there any queers in the theater tonight? Get them up against the wall. I want Paul Stanley to start denigrating <laughs> his audience from the stage. You know, he's standing up there on the stage and he's like, "Are there any fat guys in the audience tonight?" <laughs> Put him up against the wall. <laughs> Do they have their shirts tucked in too tight? Put him up against the wall. There's a girl dressed like Jean in a hot pink bikini. That guy eating hot dogs sure looks like Chikini. My eraser's well-worn because I make a lot of mistakes. And the pathetic losers are making me sad. If I had my way, I would just say, oh, yeah! That's how Kish should fucking call it a career. That's not going to happen. They're going to play the same 15 songs along the way. Download it to your phone in the amount that I tell you! 
you. Oh, my God. Yeah, listening to music on your phone. That's fucking not antiquated No, not listening it through your phone. You put it, you can, can plug it into your, your stereo. It's the same thing. Not if you it's have an iPhone quality. because they don't have headphone jacks anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck those guys. I, I will never go past an iPhone 6. I still have my headphone jack. You can't. <laughs> Uh, you can't take my headphone jack away. I will move over. But the whole point is... You know what is, my yes. CD player never asks me for? A password. From out of the past On a moon jet from out of bound I try to relax When my church runs me out of town idea we're going to talk about tonight correct yeah i mean uh best guess you're coming out of the closet <laughs> oh, i've been out of the closet a long time oh okay cool but but i mean just out of the closet I pan mean, at one point at one point i was in the closet getting some socks jerk socks and now i'm out <laughs> okay not where i was going but that's cool <laughs> so anyway uh qu- quick quick side note um we had somebody coming over to into the podcast office to buy the desk I have here and uh, my wife wanted to clean up the office real quick before, it was you know it was one of those Ooh, that's never good that's never you good know, I know, but we, we did just, she check your internet history too <laughs> I always clear it oh, that's um, good but, that's good I got mine uh, set on auto you know clear oh, so every hour but <laughs> Every well, time anyway, I close, so, baby, boom, it's, <laughs> it's wiped. Wipe clean everything I've ever done on this computer. Here's, yeah. here's a tip. Use the guest <laughs> That was a Cobra hack for you. The Cobra hack, use guest Wipe user. your goddamn internet history. <laughs> <laughs> you might die. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so she's going to clean up the office to have somebody from Craigslist come over to check out the desk I want to sell. And oh, that seems safe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, so then she call, she calls me up and she goes, "I am so embarrassed." And I go, "What?" He's like, "The the people from Craigslist came over and looked at the desk, and a pair of your jerk socks were hanging from from uh from the poster that you have back there." I'm like, "I'm like, honey, they don't know they're jerk socks. They're just fucking socks. I've told you they're jerk socks for the show. You have this image of them being jerk socks. To them, they think it's this fucking weirdo that has." That has socks hanging on a poster that says Cobras and Fire. Oh, my Lord. Can I share a somewhat similar story that's actually harder to evade than yours? Go ahead. 
I have these giant inflatable penises in the basement here. <laughs> uh, no, you don't. It, it's from this thing you got at Spencer's called a cockfight. And it's like a vel- it, the penis is velcroed onto a belt that you put on, and you basically just whack each other's penises until one falls off, right? So these things are just hanging along the back. And my mom was here for a visit, and oh, uh, she wanted to kind of come down and check out the the studio and stuff. And 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 there's people like like the band was here, so she was watching. And she's like, "Why do you guys have inflatable penises back here?" Best response I had was, "Because that's where we keep the inflatable penises." <laughs> Has a son Brandon that he wrote a super kick ass song about. Your mother gave birth to you with love inside. She had candlelight and songs of life. Brandon, I love you. I love her. She is yours. Did you hear how Brandon celebrated uh, Father's Day? I did, but but I want to go into this more. So please describe it for anybody that has not heard it. And by the way, this did not happen in Florida. Yeah, okay. This is in California, people. Sure. Now, Brandon is the offspring of Tommy and uh, mm-hmm. Baywatch bimbo uh, Pamela Anderson. Yes. Uh, and former mm-hmm. playmate, all that good stuff. Real quick, do you know when he was a baby, do you know what his first word was? As a huge Motley Crue fan, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do not know that. Rad. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't bitching? <laughs> no, it was definitely rad. That, that's, that's totally that's, rad, that's, bro. My rod is rad. Uh, and then then the baby honked the boat horn with his ball. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, he's like a 22, 20-year-old kid now. Um, Good God, that makes me feel old. A few weeks uh, before Father's Day, uh, him and Tommy got into a scuffle, and it was apparently physical enough that Tommy called the cops on his son and wanted to file <laughs> press assault charges against his own son. Brandon! 
imagine how how bad your parenting must be that you're get, having a living shit beat out of you and you have to call the cops when your son is beating you down? And again, this wasn't in Florida. These this, <laughs> mom and dad aren't poor. Okay, this is a yeah. kid who had everything financially taken care of his entire life. You know, at one point, at one point, Tommy Lee had a Starbucks inside of his house. He probably still does. I, I no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. You know that? No, right? I, of not. course. Yeah, I saw the okay. MTV Cribs. At, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, this is not like some trailer park thing where there's just like you know all right. this kind of not right. the, what you would typically picture. Uh, a situation like this evolving to. Anyway, so for apparently it wasn't just a fight. The kid knocked Tommy unconscious, and in it was in his bedroom. And Tommy's like in his tidy whities. <laughs> As a parting moment, he took a quick snapshot of Tommy basically blacked out on the floor in his underwear. So for Father's <laughs> Day, he posted it on Instagram and said, "Happy <laughs> Father's Day." <laughs> Can I tell you why this all happened? I can tell you I don't feel bad for Tommy Lee. Tell me why it all no. happened. No. I'll tell you why. The, the, upon further investigation from the police, what happened is that, uh, you know, they put him in, they did him, for, they, they sent him down for questioning and they asked him, why, why did you do this? And he said that, you know, he's, he's never really gone through the whole Motley Crue catalog and he came upon <laughs> Generation Swine and went to the closing track of that he, and heard that. He heard Brandon, I love you. <laughs> That's right. He immediately went, uh, saw Red beat the living shit off his dad. The police then listened to the song and dropped all charges. Um, I got a lot of Ooh. people interested in it too. Nice. It's called uh, Veganable. Veganable? Yeah, vegan by day, cannibal by night. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. It's. Uh, so- I don't really have. Uh, I haven't decided if I want it to be a male or a female lead, but I know it's going to be pansexual, whatever the character is. It's what sexual? Pan- pansexual. 
What is pansexual? Mean? I don't know. That's what the kids are saying nowadays. I, I can't keep up with this crap. I'm just trying to be hip. I'm a little confused, though. So it's it's he's vegetarian by day. Vegan. Cannibal. Vegan. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and cannibal by night. Right. So that's basically like anybody. Veganable. Right. Veganable. But some of us eat vegetables and meat. So that's basically anybody. Yeah, but this guy is strictly a vegan during the day, and then at night he goes out and eats human beings. I see where you're going here, but but I guess it would be better. It it does it also it's like Schindler's going, List, but with a vegan. So is a human centipede uh, vegan or cannibal when it's going ass to mouth? <laughs> well, a human centipede doesn't have a strict dietary standard at any point. <laughs> it's whatever goes in the front. Yeah, no. So right? this is just you know. I look I, right now. I'm just uh, I'm just. It's early treatments. I'm, I'm getting a lot of interest from. Uh, well, let's just say I think there might be some interest. Oh, oh! I, I, you did tell me that Harvey Weinstein was, uh, was interested, right? <laughs> Initially, yeah, but he's had to. I haven't been able to get him get in touch with him for I don't know about six, seven months. <laughs> you, you, you didn't get uh, you didn't get an invite to his hotel to discuss it in, uh, in detail. I did, but uh, when I went there, uh, they said the room was empty, and they said that uh, Mr. Weinstein is no longer here. But Louis C.K. was there. Yeah, and then. Uh, he asked me to, if, if I could sit in the room while he jerked off. So You know, this reminds me, I have to say that's a decent idea, mm-hmm. uh, but I really liked your Bro Dragon uh, movie idea from a couple of years ago. Yeah, can I should you really re- get back re- to that, huh? Can, can you remind me of that? Yeah, it was just a, it was a dragon who was a total bro, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be at he'd be like you know at a kegger or something like that, you know, just having a good time like a bro dragon would, and then you know somebody would be acting the fool, and the dragon would be like, "Come at me, bro."
Now, we don't talk a lot of politics on this show, largely because it's, it's confusing and, and we're easily confused. But this, this, <laughs> this I think, kind of touches on, uh, it's close enough to our show core. Uh, so it, it's a race featuring Democrat Leslie, and that this is a woman, Cockburn, going up Ooh, against uh, like a guy who's, I mean, this guy should be a porn star and, with a name like Denver Riggleman. <laughs> Cockburn versus Riggleman. Yeah, well, and I don't have Which to tell you that these these things can get messy, you know. Uh, and, uh and and so Leslie had fired some shots here towards the end of July, um, you know, reminding everybody that uh, old old Denver he's a bit of a racist. Uh, he he does he supports white supremacists to an extent, you know. There's good and bad on both sides, uh, but it also <laughs> turns out he's into Bigfoot porn. Are you a fan uh, of Bigfoot porn? Holy shit, they're fighting. Wait, are they? They're, no, they're not fighting. Oh my god, he's giving her the bone. He's dr- Oh, she don't like it? Like, oh my goodness. Look at this. Whoa. Hey, you broke the picnic table. You two need to get a room. Wait, wait, wait. You're kidding me? No, no. He's uh, got a picture of Bigfoot with uh, Bigfoot's junk blocked out and. Uh, <laughs> And and so she accused him of being a fan of Bigfoot porn, which then, of course, took me down the rabbit hole of Bigfoot porn. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was unaware of such a fascinating uh, uh, genre. Uh, anyway, uh, she she posted, uh, she copied the picture that uh, uh, Riggleman, Leslie Cockburn, uh, shared it on her own uh, Twitter page and had pasted Riggleman's head on the body. Uh, <laughs> Of Bigfoot, with a with again a a, a, a sensor uh, box over the junk, with the caption, "I'm about to celebrate the release of my new book in a month or two: Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him." <laughs> <laughs> Hold up for a second. I think first off, I think we found our show art. Yeah. For this, uh, okay. For this, yeah. for this for this episode, but 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 does uh, my question is: Have you heard any commercials? Because I would love to hear. Denver Rig, what's his last name again? Denver Riggleman. Denver Riggleman, you're about to elect a man that's in the Bigfoot porn. <laughs> oh, this guy, I, I, this guy I, I, jacks he's off the Bigfoot banging chicks. <laughs> he wears a Ku Klux Klan <laughs> hood. You know well, that's kind of a slippery slope, don't you think? I mean, I mean, what would? Would finding out uh, a candidate in your district uh, was into something like Bigfoot porn make you more or less likely to vote for them? Because I'm on the fence.
great white got a new singer for some reason. Uh, sure. Did you hear about this? Because uh, uh, the, no, the, the backstory, just to back it up a little bit, is that longtime singer Jack Russell and the band had a falling out that Jack Russell pretty much says, yeah, they were right and I was wrong. Um, basically, Jack was a mess and needed to get cleaned up, which he did, but right. the band doesn't want him back. In the interim, for the last seven or eight years, they've had uh, a guy named Terry Alou or something like that. Uh, he was in the band XYZ in the early 90s. Ooh, Billy Hardaway is definitely a fan. If it has an X and a Z, yeah. <laughs> but only one of each, so yeah. That's yeah. True. But maybe yeah. it's the the two combined uh, will we'll, you know even out for him. Was never a real big fan of his uh, fit in the band. I mean, he's a good singer, but uh, I, I guess give Great White credit for not trying to replace Jack with a, a mimic. But sometimes maybe that's the best thing to do. Part of the issue might have been that he. <laughs> Recently dropped a solo album about two, uh, like a month or two after the Great White just released their last studio album, and and they weren't too pleased with that. And there might have been some behind the scenes turmoil, but so they got a new singer, uh, a guy named Mitch Malloy. That name sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Well, he's got really good teeth. That's probably how you know him. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's how he would why. like you to know him as a former member of Van Halen, if you believe it or not. What? What are you talking about? He did a little short documentary about himself, about the time in Van Halen. And from my perspective, it sounded a lot like a tryout that got close but didn't quite make it, that he kind of interprets as, I was in Van Halen until I decided I wanted to leave Van Halen. Yeah, who does who does that? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, apparently Mitch Malloy, his justification was like, I already had my own thing going. I already had a record <laughs> deal. I'm like, Mitch, I only know you because of the, the story that you're telling now. I, I, I've i never heard anything. You know, I, I've heard him sing. He's a very talented singer. He's, uh, like I said, he's got amazing teeth. Uh Kind of got you know really really good hair, um, so he's he's a good looking guy that's for sure. I mean, uh, you know, a, a lot of the ladies are gonna gonna want to you know lay back for old Mitch Malloy, but <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I'd like to take that uh, CEO position at Target, but I got my own thing here at Walmart in the electronics <laughs> section. Exactly. Basically, he said that he saw. Them like Eddie was like, hey, I got something I got to do this weekend, but I'll see you on Monday. And the thing was, the MTV Movie Awards were they all walked out with Dave. And oh, it, was, okay. it was the first time they've been together and whatever since 1983. Right, right. I remember right? that. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so Mitch Malloy is like, that's what you had to do, Eddie. You know what? I'm just not feeling this anymore. You know. So I already have my own gig, so I don't need Van Halen. And obviously, wow, that's thing, that, you, your your impression of Mitch Malloy is spot on. <laughs> yeah, especially if you've never heard him talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I want that Austin Martin because I got my own thing going on here with the Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what else you got going on that? You, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Malloy, Life Decisions by Mitch Malloy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's, that should be the title of his book. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, you know, I, you I, can, who. You can tell that story. It's fascinating that he was about to be in Van Halen for a minute, but don't sell this bullshit that it was your decision. Absolutely. You are 100% correct. Drink. Uh, yes. The idea that he was he turned it down. <laughs> like, Look, I don't know how close he was. If anything, it sounds like if they're like, you're the guy, we're basically going to hire you, but I'll see you Monday. And then they're down with David Lee Roth, like, we're back! Boozy, boozy, bop! 
city bop. Doesn't sound like they really were all that sold on you, Mitch. I was. You know, guys, um, I appreciate your offer of a mansion in Beverly Hills, but I've got my own box underneath the bridge. mentioned something in passing on the phone um, about a week or so ago and, and uh, well, you, you had asked me if uh, if I've ever like started a conversation with someone and then regretted it and absolutely drink all the time <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, lately I've been trying to make friends I've been trying to reach out trying yeah, to be more very friendly proud of you. and social right mm-hmm. come on uh, and the old loose cannon he's trying to be a, a better person to society so uh, do you ever talk to the photographers in the pit you do sometimes yeah right? some of them I've gotten to know uh, but yeah you know small stuff but a lot of times it can go sideways and that's what I try to avoid so anyway so we're I'm in the photo pit and it's probably another 20 minutes until the show starts and there's this guy that uh, has a ton of gear and everything and he, and he is definitely <laughs> not a rocker looking guy uh, he's got his uh, long sleeve checkered shirt tucked in and uh, you know and but I decided to be nice and uh, you know he's not the tallest guy so I'm looking down on him like I do most people <laughs> in the world and uh, you know I just, I just said hey man yeah. uh, how you doing I'm Mr. Cannon uh, you ever seen Alice Cooper before you know what's who do you what, what place do you work for you know I got his yeah, uh, and I won't yeah. tell you so what you're just kind of doing the, the quick back and forth this is yeah, me yeah. this is what I'm doing I like Alice do you like him um, right but uh, yeah when do, when do things start taking a turn for where you're like uh, where you're well, like going ah oh boy I wish I would have just kind of nodded and walked past him instead <laughs> Well, actually, in 20 seconds, because basically it was the introductions. And then after that, he goes, hey, uh, what kind of camera you got there? Oh, boy. I, I hate that guy. Uh, and they, they, uh, By the way, the of- guy who asks you that question is always, like, you know, harnessed with, like, three, you know, Canons or Nikons with, you know, <laughs> several lenses, even though he's, like, eight inches from the picture he's taken. <laughs> understand that this guy had a telephoto lens like he was he worked for national geographic or was, yeah. or was shooting was shooting a, a planet earth he's fucking shooting topless tribal women it's just the- 
<laughs> so he starts he starts asking, oh, well, well uh, what's the best setting? What what ISO setting do you use? Uh, what, what things like that? And I'm like, I mean, I am completely enamored. I have a couple of settings that I use, and that's it. I mean, I have this basically. It's basically like you know, like a a, a cock measuring contest at this point. Yeah, well, guy. I tell you that right now, I'm pretty sure he's probably a nice guy, but but he's you know got social skills worse than yours. I think so. And here's here's where it goes. So all of a sudden he pulls out he pulls out his uh his massive uh whatever this large phone and um starts going let me show you some of my pictures. And <laughs> and he starts scrolling through these things. He's like he's like this one was uh, wait, this just one was- oh, before you go forward on this. It could be worse. I've had this similar thing happen where it wasn't on the phone. It was on the screen on the back of the camera like and just, oh my lord, dude! What do you? I, by, oh, even smaller, right? Yeah, yeah. even smaller. And for uh, the shots we both just took. So here was the thing: it wasn't just him showing pictures, which is you know, it's kind of like when somebody says, "Here's here's pictures of my family," but then it goes on too long. Yeah. You know, after like five pictures, and if I'm gonna say, "Hey, show a picture of my family," I show him like three pictures. That's it. But uh, but this guy started. Well, first off, before I go into this, how many pictures do you think he showed me? Well, I, you want to guess what's appropriate, or kind of read the way this is going and make a guess on what I? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say you know what? If you have a two to three pictures that you really think you're proud of, there's absolutely nothing wrong with pulling out your phone and saying, "Hey, I'm kind of I think these are cool," and sharing it with somebody that you're considering a colleague. You go beyond three, you are now in the wrong. I'm guessing this guy did about seven hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> That's certainly what it felt like because you know as as, as you you uh, you and I we're, we're pretty much we I think we know a little bit about rock music so we can pretty much identify a lot of people. He would start sliding things. He goes, "You know who this is? Do you know who this is?" I'd be like, uh, "I don't know." Oh, that's the guitarist for Avatar. How the fuck would I know that? You know who this is? He, he pulled up all the. He would pull up all the, the, the Avatar. Like the whole band dresses one way and the singer dresses a different way. So he's one of those guys. He's like the nameless. This is the nameless ghoul three in Ghost. Yeah, right. And then he's like, you know, who this is. And it was the uh, the lead singer for Seven Dust, but I couldn't place his name. I'm like, oh, it's the Seven Dust guy. He's like, you don't know his name? Like, like oh fucking like checking checking my credibility card. And I'm like, well, that's Seven Dust, and they they uh, the song. Like uh, Black is like, you know, who this is. He's like, well, that's the uh, like drummer from Five Figure Death Punch. I'm like. And then he had all the five finger. Point is, he was quizzing me like a motherfucker. This went on for was was this, it, was this a job interview for uh, a Rip magazine or Krang? Yeah, he's just going through everything, and he's like, and then he finished with this, and I'll just uh, kind of uh, well at, end at this, this at, a, at about picture thirty. How bad are you praying? Let the lights go down. The show has got to start right fucking now. It's all right. It's all right, it's all right, I'm just a little crazy, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, I'm just a little crazy. Get me all strung out 
I assume you saw Ian Hill's explanation for why they never reached out for you about possibly rejoining with the issue with Glenn. What did what did you think of his reasoning? A complete load of bollocks. Can I say that live on the air? Because I'd like sure. to. Sure. It's not. I mean, it, honestly, <laughs> look, I'm not trying to start with anybody, but he may as well have just said we couldn't. We we can't have two blonde guitar players on stage. No, it's, it's it's obviously if I did rejoin the band, obviously I step into my role. That's where people would expect me to be, and Richie was already playing Glenn stuff anyway. Yeah, just steps over there, and and we do that. You know, it wasn't the case that I was going to play Glenn's parts and Richie plays mine. That, you know, that just didn't, Ian. I'm thinking, Ian, was it too early in the day or too late in the evening when you just came up with this idea? <laughs> I don't know, but. I don't know, but bless him, bless him, because, you know, we've been, you know, we were like brothers. We went to infant school together, secondary school together, you know, and we mm. lived a career together. Um, but I'm not totally happy about what's been said. Ian seems to be making, you know, things like none of the fans are missing KK, and and uh, Richie's brought a new energy to the band. And so I'm going, Ian, dude, on that last tour, I was the energy. I slowed down <laughs> because people weren't keeping up with me. Yes, I don't think that Pour Some Sugar on Me was number one, but I'm going to say it, it peaked at four. And I'm, I have not even looked at all. I'm going to guess number one. It did make it number one, you think? Okay. I, I'm guessing, yeah. Let's okay. Here we go, here we go. And it is, let me see, the, the position was two. Very close. Right. Right. It didn't make it to number one. For some reason, I, it just stuck in my head that I don't think it hit there. But what are your thoughts on this song? I loved it at the time. It has not aged well. It's it, this is the song I skip now uh, for a couple reasons. One, I, I think it's really fucking stupid now listening to it. But two, I just heard it so much. The intro is one of the worst things ever recorded and released in on the planet. I think as we were talked about, we built this city. I think the the step inside, walk this way is worse than I'd rather listen to We Built the City ten times in a row. <laughs> what about the fact that the single version was "Drop Me Like a Bomb, 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 Bomb"? I'll take that over. And I thought that was kind of dumb too. Yeah, uh, this I can tell you what I never completely liked this song, even before it was drilled into our heads when it was was a single. Mostly because I I I, I didn't understand that "Pour Some Sugar on Me" meant like jizz. So so is that really what they're saying? Yes. Yeah, go talk I to I guess any I'm door. hot, sticky, sweet, but where's the sweet? It, I mean, everybody knows jizz is salty. <laughs> Get your head out of your ass, Luz. No, you, I talked to any interview. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to patch in a, some interview with Joe Elliott when he's talking. That's what it is.
Pour some sugar on me is a reference to something I like, which is to have a woman say that to me as I'm about to jizz on her tits. heard over the years almost in like mythology maybe there's something to it or not but i i I gotta believe that you could clear it up i've heard stories about poison basically ripping off their entire you know your entire show and making it their own is there anything to that (laughs) yeah there's something to that um (laughs) they they used to open for us they were they're a little little nothing band from pennsylvania that that uh our, our then regional manager used to hire them to open for us once in a while. They were called, what the hell are they called? They weren't Poison then. In fact, I think they even got their name from a song on our first album. Yeah, you have a song called Poison. Yeah, they were called Paris. And they were just this young bunch of, of good-looking guys that were talentless, but, <laughs> but knew how to entertain a crowd and knew how to get over. And they must have studied us. I mean, that, that they took everything that we did we always had these little gags and 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 uh things that we did together that that when we went out to at los angeles we actually got some help from them when we uh, recorded midnight dynamite and once again nothing happened from the label we called those guys because they were out there and they were starting to do pretty well we said can you hook us up with some promoters we want to we want to um, get some shows out there. And, and they did. They, they hooked us up and they invited us to come out and watch one of their shows. And we just all looked at each other in just shock that everything that we did on, on stage, <laughs> these guys just repeated everything that we do. And so uh. I, I, and I think now they would admit it. But, you know, then it's just what they knew they wanted to get over. So they, they took from somebody who they watched get over. They respected us. They loved us as a band. Okay. So they just took from us as as what they felt they needed to do to get them over. So, you know, all is forgiven. Um, God bless them. They did way better than we did.
Paul McCartney was interviewed in GQ magazine. Did you get a chance to uh, run out? I assume you ran out to your local Barnes and Noble, picked up, picked up a physical copy, and digested the interview immediately. Uh, of course. Well, one of the nuggets that came out of it was uh, Paul and John, uh, uh, John Lennon and I speaking of, used to sit around jerking off together. <laughs> How does that come up? Where does that interviewer go? How does you know that interviewer sat down with a guy <laughs> doing an interview for GQ? Uh, you got, got some creepy old grandpa talking about how he used to beat <laughs> off with his buddy when they're 19. <laughs> I was saying, you know, now, were they in sitting right next to each other? Or are they are they just hanging out, you know, like <laughs> watching some telly? <laughs> A women's tennis match comes on and, you know, they're looking at Billie Jean King and, you know, one thing leads to another. <laughs> What about, was Ringo doing a little jig in front of them? <laughs> uh, he's just like sitting in the background like, you can do it, Paul. Oh, nice. Good job. Aaron Lewis. Good job, John. Ringo cleaned up. <laughs> what's the, again, what's the lead up? How does this go where he just, um, I think he, I think the Paul McCartney might, <laughs> might have Tourette's. <laughs> you know, you always hear about this though. People get to a certain point where they get so old that they just don't give a fuck anymore. True. That's you know. like uh, I think Mick Jagger talked about like blowing David Bowie or I, I don't know. He started talking about some weird stuff. Uh, well, that was a long time ago, so I don't think that was the old thing. Yeah, no, no. You, uh, Rod Stewart uh, getting his stomach pumped to have uh, semen taken out. I remember that. No, that's Great that's rumor. Richard Gere, or maybe it was a twofer. No, Richard Gere had. Oh no, Richard Gere was the gerbil. Oh, that's right. I, you know, it, it's it's these things get. Confused. Come on, you, you know, the, I can keep them straight for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what his kids think. Uh, hey, thanks for sharing that. Uh, how about like uh, John's kids? It's like really oh. thanks, thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> well, I know what about he's probably just doing that to fuck with Yoko. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, then then I'm I'm, I'm all behind it no matter what. I mean, it's uh it's a beetle talking about uh, you know one of life's precious gifts. Sure, and and I just I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving dinner as well. <laughs> Everybody's gathered around. Did you wash your hands, Paul? Did you, Grandpa? Can you tell us a story? Tell us about the Beatles, Grumpy. What was the follow? What was the follow up question? I think it was uh, who finished first. We would like to apologize to anyone we've possibly offended over the last 140 episodes. Are you ready, Baco? 
I think I am. You going first? Ken Mills. Blackie Lawless. Aaron Camaro. Chris Sinzak. Billy Hardaway. Tough. Steelheart. Michael Sweet. Pirates. That photographer at the Alice Cooper Show. The self-checkout line. Which Witch. Mitch Malloy's Teeth. Bands with Z's or X's in their names. Vince Neal. Chipotle Restaurants. Socks. Corpse of Dokken. Stephen Michael. Stephen Michael's wife. Three Sides of a Coin. People who listen to Three Sides of a Coin. Matt Porter. Walmart. Vinnie Vincent. Tom Kiefer's Sweat Glands. Brett Michaels. Sonny Pooney. Tom Araya's Beard. The the, 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 the Thesaurus. <laughs> Kiss. Water Parks. Dana Strom. Cubicle Hippies. Michael Butler. Joey Haney. Pods and Sods. Granny Smith Apples. Bobby Blotzer. People with Children. Spotify. Earbuds. Y&T. Nashville. Asshole Beers. Mackerel Beers. Applebee's. Joe Elliott's Underwear. Paul Stanley. Doc McGee. Aaron Lewis. Jeff Tate Fans. Holodio. Chick-fil-A. Mike Pence. Bearskin Rugs. God. The Color Black. Liquid Nails. Josh Toomey. Cottonmouth Kings. Wet Wipes. Amazon. Black Veil Brides. Hinder. Flat Earthers. Hugh Hefner. Stones. Bob Kulik's Head. Uber. Dave Mustaine. Eddie Trunk. Grapevines. Squish. Balls. Robots. The term underrated. Boboflex. Meat. Square Wheels. AOL. Boners. Steve. Broads. Chicks. Courtney Cronin Dold. Woman. <laughs> Women. Shirt Tuckers. Coors Light. Facts. Pumpkin Spice Lattes. Denver. St. Paul. Vaults. Piggly Wiggly. Adobe Huts. And Brandon Lee. And last but not least... The LaFon.
released on my birthday, September 25th in 1976, was Technical <laughs> Ecstasy. Oh, birthdays. Your birthday has shifted. <laughs> Once again, produced by Tony Iommi. Now, before I kick it to Gene, I will mention, uh, this is when like the Sex Pistols, the Clash, and the Damned are, are kind of making a scene in England. Things are changing quite a bit. And supposedly, after recording this record, I haven't been able to find any confirmation other than Wikipedia, which is suspect. Ozzy checked himself into a mental asylum when they finished recording this record. I hadn't heard that prior. And Bill Ward also sings for the first time on this album with the song It's All Right. Gene, what are your initial thoughts on this album? Oh, boy. Well, if we want to start with the cover, I'd say it's one of the worst uh, album covers ever created. Of all time. Yes, of all time. Not just a Black Sabbath discography. This is of all time. Um, I don't think anybody in the band even likes it. Yeah, it's goofy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The Born Again cover is upset with it. What did Ozzy or Tony say was... <laughs> Tony or Ozzy said it was like uh, two robots having sex on an escalator or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's uh, and that I, robot is definitely blasting me jizz. Yeah, blasting me jizz. Yeah, no, I don't get it, and it's not that great. As far as the album itself, boy, this is you could really see the cracks with the band. There, I don't see there. There's no. There's not much here redeeming at all, at of anything. Of any of these songs, they were throwing stuff together. I think just to to come up with an album um, for the song "Gypsy," I feel it almost has a little bit of a Kiss vibe, crossed with a little yeah. Billy Joel. Which is a strange combination, I guess. <laughs> That's how I describe most of Black Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> you and so many others. Rock and Roll Doctor, I feel they're clearly stealing from the Osmonds on Crazy Horses. Really? All right. Um, and uh, She's Gone is a is Sabbath's answer to Kiss's Beth. I think I don't know if they were trying to capture some of... Uh, which one? She's Gone, which is also... Okay. Uh, the song title itself was stolen from Hall & Oates. Oh, why? There ain't nothing more depressing than a pine tree gussied up with candy canes and balls. Those carolers have kept me up for hours. It's Merry Christmas seeping through my walls. No, I'm no Wiccan commie nut or nothing. But there's one damn holiday that I can't stand. It ain't Halloween or Thanksgiving or even April Fools, but it'll surely make a fool out of every man. Ha! If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas. You know where to stick those jingle bells. If I ain't hammered, it ain't Hanukkah. 
all you motherfuckers go to hell If I ain't cock out an ink once Joy to the world, Jack and Coots If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas Cause I ain't never anything but broke Now every year the malls are just a madhouse Full of empty pockets, thoughts, and smiles Just the smell of eggnog makes me vomit And those colored lights are fucking infantile I think we collectively as a people Should rise against this corporate jolly noise And tell the world let's buy some peace and quiet for a change Before we spend it all on fucking toys ha! So if I ain't drunk then it ain't Christmas You know where to stick those jingle bells If I ain't hammered ain't hunker La-la-la-la, go fuck yourself if I ain't cock out in a quanta Joy to the world getting stoked If I ain't drunk then it ain't Christmas So leave this goddamn screws the fuck alone Merry fucking Christmas you dig this tune, right? And and you, uh, it's it's kind of surprising because it sounds like you dig it for the guitars. Um, why? Why is it surprising? Because you're kind of a melody rock guy, and you're not a musician. I'm just saying, like typically, like when when you know a song gets kind of wank happy on guitar stuff. People oh who, no 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 no! That that's a silly insulting thing to tell me. But the uh, what you're good at. But the main I'm trying to look down about, at you right now. Oh sure, you can yeah. all the time. Everybody does. But the, the, the main thing about Not this, the people this song Witch is Witch. <laughs> <laughs> another random. Uh, go back on the uh, check out the catalog. But 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 going back to this, like you know, I was really surprised they didn't release this as a single because it's super catchy, just a trimmed down version. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I would have put this way ahead of uh, this. Would have been the lead single if I was up over over a free wheel burning. Right, because that's not exactly a radio friendly. Hit, but uh, do you know what the working title for Rock Hard Ride Free was? I do not. What was it? It was Ride My Throbbing Unsheathed Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> but that was hard to throw in a chorus, so yeah. they changed it. Okay, okay. So, and that, that must have been somewhere between Fight for Your Right and <laughs> Rock Hard Ride Free. It was in the development stage. Yeah, it went from yeah. just a three-word title to a <laughs> five-word title. But you know how hard it is to... to to rhyme or, or uh, the staccato of unsheathed. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, what do you, you do you want to get into some of the lyrics in this fucking Please. thing? Please! That was, that was my segue. It opens up with <clears throat> Get a good from my action! Sorry, I'll actually just <laughs> read them instead of uh, trying to halford them up here. Get a, get a grip on the action moving heaven and earth. Oh. Gotta get a reaction. Nice. Push for all that you're worth. No! We're going against the grain, which is clearly about like uh, a cat having sex because you know they have like uh, little like uh, uh, thistles on their penises that drag against the vagina. Oh my God, Buck! <laughs> what just <laughs> happened? They're like Rob Halford's a big supporter of PETA. That's all he's going here. Is all that? Oh my Lord! This is getting just ridiculous. I, I, I don't, keep going. Okay, how do you how do you move forward from thistles on the penis? 
<laughs> uh, so defiant, they'll never. Do you know? Do you know on. that uh, "Thistles from the Penis" was the working title for the Sentinel? <laughs> <laughs> Continue. I, I, I did actually because I bought the Martin Poff Poff book. <laughs> <laughs> Thistles on the Penis: The Behind-the-Scenes Story of the Sentinel. <laughs> It's a saga. Uh, okay. it's, it's 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 an apocalyptic tale of a man has thistles in his penis. How mad is Julian Gill that Martin Poffa is writing uh, books about individual songs? <laughs> uh. Oh, oh anyway, yeah. Do you want, look? The lyrics just get better. I mean, I don't. Rock hard, ride free, all day, all <laughs> night. I think the rock hard is a penis. Dressed to kill and looking dynamite With a high leg stockings and a sweater so tight I asked her her name She said her name was Maybe Well, she walked up to me And she asked me to chance I said I am looking for some wild Ronnie James Dio is back in the news, Luce. I, I know you saw it because we talked about it a little bit. And his uh, estranged wife, I believe she's remarried now, uh, but Wendy Wendy Dio, who is the uh, the brains behind the whole Hala Dio thing, which you and I are a big fan of. Sure, love it. Uh, uh, is basically apparently the Hala Dio must not be pulling in the cash like she had hoped. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna base it on two things. One. That tour that, that was going to be sweeping across the United States still has yet to happen. At least the tour with the hologram has yet to happen. And she's selling all of his shit. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I was intrigued. It's like, what, what kind of estate shit? Because I know Kiss did this, and it was a fairly underwhelming auction, I mean, unless you had a ton of money. Sure. Like, the, like there wasn't really anything for the, the casual fan to drop 100 bucks on that that I thought was cool. I remember flipping through that. The Dio estate sale is exactly what you think it is. It's swords. It's dragons. Uh, you know, and stage clothes that, uh, you know, well, your kids are going to be, you know, hitting six and seven years old soon. So they, they can probably wear them. Um, <laughs> probably fit them. I heard that uh, Michael Butler already has a bid on the cape. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, he's, uh, Michael Butler's been on all the wardrobe just so he, you know, he's like, I need some new clothes. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, what else is on there? What's what, what some of the highest, high price items? Oh, uh, well, they haven't. I, I've only seen the video, and they don't really talk prices yet. The auction starts on the 14th. Uh, and so, of course, you know, I, I took the day off of work. Uh, and uh, uh, applied for a brand new credit card, so I, I'm, I'm walking away, <laughs> away with some Dio shit. 
See, uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that they would have gone old school and Wendy would just open up the garage at 9, 9 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, and just have a, just a racks of stuff, roll them out to the driveway. And just because I would just want to see a video of the people that showed up to buy this stuff. <laughs> All right. You know, this is going to seem like a tangent, but I swear it's not. Are you are you familiar with uh, Viking head coach great Bud Grant? Do you, do you know the name at all? Of course, I'm not a man. So okay, a hall of a hall of fame uh, head coach. He's in his uh, early 90s, late 80s, and he still lives in the Twin Cities here. Okay, for three summers in a row, he had a garage sale of all of his Viking <laughs> crap, and okay. it is, it's glorious. And he sits there at the end of the driveway and signs autographs for everybody who buys anything. And it, it is not just like stuff from his Viking days; it's also typical garage stuff, <laughs> you know stuff so that'd be great yeah if wendy like just rolled up the garage door on uh you know dio mansion one on the west coast there and like and, and including like next to a dragon head was a toaster that doesn't really work the same anymore or you know like some skis <laughs> that dio bought in the 60s or something <laughs> hey if the uh if the sword and dragon tie doesn't work for you, you can come over here and I have a complete <laughs> set of great Muppet caper glasses from McDonald's. <laughs> no, it's, 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 a, it's two glasses short of a complete set. <laughs> of doing something at a concert, which we'll go into in a second. And that mm -hmm. is, just so you know, if you don't know, is a respected rock journalist. Self-endorsed and also Welcher of Bets. <laughs> Welcher of Bets, what are you talking about? Uh, you can hear that uh, story with uh, Joey on an upcoming episode of, from a Rock and Pod coverage, so... Okay. All right. Uh, nice little tease there. But anyway, so yeah, he is a respected rock journalist because he owns a microphone and figured out how to use GarageBand. So <laughs> by that qualification, we are also respected and rock Skype. journalists. Oh, <laughs> Skype too. That is true. That is a, a, a complete skill set. And of course, he was a, a former co-host. on Just three dudes talking about kids. And we won't edit it out. The part where we got to get up and take a piss. Get up and take a piss. So he has that pedigree as well. And yeah. Um, yeah, so so basically there was a picture. Why don't you describe the picture that you and, and describe why you shared it with me? 
Well, it was a picture of... <clears throat> and the reason I shared it with you is because he had uh, blown up uh, my feet a little bit with, uh, look how sweet my seats are for Judas Priest, and oh, I'm about to see the mighty priest, and oh, here I am with Glenn Tipton, oh my god! So, uh, yeah, he got caught on the Jumbotron, uh, basically not paying attention to the show, and he's on his phone. And, uh, of course, he spun it like, huh, got busted doing my live priest updates. And I'm like, you... Awesome and handsome man. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. Why, why would... Go ahead. To, to be fair, I don't think it's the biggest crime in the world. I think at this stage of the game, we could all be caught looking at our phone at some point during any concert, no matter how attentive we might try to be. Uh, I, I don't really begrudge him for that. It was more the response that I was like, y- you're, you're such a, you're, you're a fucking super cool guy. <laughs> that, 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 but that's my point is that, that, uh, that it was posted up there and, uh, let me, let me find what I, uh, wrote. God damn it. Jesus <clears throat> post fucking 9,000 things a day. I, I'm really going back like, he's very active in uh, on social media, which is why you know he's he's the he gets the big ones. No, but he has all these scheduled posts of like this is the anniversary of this bullshit album and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, did you know on this day, uh, uh, Bad Medicine went to number one? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a picture of a single. Oh yeah, you actually went further down the rabbit hole than I did. I just saw the picture and and saw the comment he left. You went and read the comments. I, I did. I read. I read the comments, and somebody said, "Like, hey, man, shouldn't you just like be watching the show, or whatever, in the front row?" Something. Somebody said that. So, his defense for doing this, which again, not that big of a deal, you know, we're, the, the picture is not the big of a deal. But he says, "I will never apologize for doing my job." <laughs> now, what? What? What is? The, I want you to give me some examples. Like you saw Judas, I saw Judas Priest this tour. You saw him, right? Yeah, and I was, I was fucking. I, I don't remember the show because I was live tweeting, you know, the entire time, and you know, <laughs> With it's, all the updates. My, my fucking job, man. Okay, I remember. I remember even like I was getting a beer and I was live tweeting, and someone's like, uh, "Hey, can you put the phone down and pay for your beer?" It's like, "Hey, asshole, do my fucking job." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know what the, what the fuck's gonna happen at a pre-show. You know what I mean? Like I I I think everybody made it through the show without breaking a leg. I don't think Halford, you know, ran the motorcycle into the drum riser or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, Ian Hill stood in one spot the entire time. I'm pretty sure. So I'm not I, I, I'm not sure what kind of nuggets the uh, the 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 followers of <laughs> would have been missing out were he not. Do my job. That's right. I'm, I, does he have to share? He said, like, uh, you know, I have to share pictures immediately. Yes, it's the same poses they do in every <laughs> town and every <laughs> song. They, they're going to play Living After Midnight. They're going to play You Got Another Thing Coming. These are the things that are going to happen. There's nothing unless Rob Rob uh, Halford finally sh- showed that thesaurus that we're talking about all the time <laughs> and threw that in the fucking ground and go, here it is. This is all my song lyric ideas. Then here it is. Bam. <laughs> Boom! Here it is. 40 years of lyrics. You know what? No, what, what he had to live tweet was that uh, um, Richie injected a lot of life into the band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this guy. He's really bringing the life into Judas And Priest. that in 1988, Bad Medicine went to number one. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, 
know. You think, oh, he had to send that update. Fuck, I remember. I forgot today was bad medicine day. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, oh, I can't wait for the next pre-song. Oh, shit, I forgot. Motley Crue or Warrant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, you, the gems you only get from the man doing his job. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, jobs usually entail getting a salary as well. <laughs> and then I simply, uh, uh, I basically stole a Courtney Cronin Dole, uh, Dole uh, uh, joke, which has it, which I, I said. Get used I to it, him, Courtney. He steals mine all the time. Yeah. I said, do you have a picture of you holding up your phone and blocking the view of others behind you as well? <laughs> there, there was, there is a couple next to me yelling about a recipe for potato casserole on the big screen during the Ripper, but I opted not to share it. <laughs> And and he said he said at no time did I block anyone's view. What about the recipe? Well, that (laughs) (laughs) it's unbelievable. So my point of doing this is: listen, I don't begrudge anybody having passion about music to do this, to do all these things. That's what we do. And I really don't begrudge somebody for looking at their phone for a few minutes here and there during a show. No, that that's funny when you get captured doing it. I do begrudge people from taking themselves in a matter that is totally appropriate for the situation. Especially when you consider the hard-hitting journalist he is. Kind of an uh, in and out thing with Black Sabbath for about, about 20, 30 years, right? They, they he came in, did the first couple records, a live album. They got in a fight. Uh, Dio punched uh, Geezer in the nuts and started a <laughs> Dio solo career. Uh, it's his level. Yeah, and the, on the on his way out, he fucked Ozzy's wife. Uh, and then <laughs> oh, he did not. Yeah. That's not late the early nineties, they, they they reunite for a record, and then uh, he fucks Ozzy's wife again and has to leave. <laughs> And then uh, between like um, Ozzy reuniting and then them going on a hiatus, they do that kind of oh. heaven the hell project, and we'll touch on all that. So hold on, I'm just imagining Dio throwing a shot into Sharon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just just constantly like if I'm coming getting out of here, uh. I'm just this little elf just just crawling up on top of Sharon and giving her the business. Oh my god! Uh, the whole time, the whole time, and her attitude on the, the what the hell talk show is she on? I think it's called the Talk. You and Ozzy still have sex? <gasps> oh. This is this is a bone 
tension in our house. <laughs> really? This is called, okay, just the talk. <laughs> yeah. Just that bitchy attitude and Dio's just giving it to her. This is a bone of contention in our house. <laughs> I just, it, it's, it's a hell of a – I don't think your story is 100% accurate. I don't think he, he shagged her twice. No, yes. yeah, I mean, it was no. more than twice. Come on. <laughs> I mean, just just just, uh, just before they started recording the uh, the Devil You Know record with Heaven and Hell, he hit her too. Hold on. Hold on. Baco, I'm getting a phone call. Hold on. Let me answer it. Yeah, we're going to have to pull the episode. Once Ozzy left, uh, they both kind of came out pretty strong out of the gates. But Black Sabbath came out a little quicker with uh, Dio. And oddly enough, uh, Sharon Osbourne, then known as Sharon Arden, was working for her father, Don Arden. uh, And she made the union of Dio and Black Sabbath. This is a bone of contention in our house. That is so odd. I know, isn't that fucked up? And then she banged Ozzy and started uh, <laughs> managing him. Because that was pre knowing Ozzy. Yeah, I think it was all kind of overlapping. I mean, I, mm. I I don't know exactly for sure when she said, "Hey, this is Dio," and then when she uh, put Ozzy's penis inside her. This is a bone of contention in our house. <laughs> but uh, it, it was all pretty close, right? Uh, sure, okay. you're 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 like the Martin Popoff of uh, of the sexual liaisons. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you should write a book. Yeah, I would. You like should write a book. Sharon Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your pen name? Yeah, no, no that's the name of my first Sharon, book. Sharon Bones. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <Sharon> Bo- <laughs> uh, actually, it, it does make a good pen name, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. It does. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Sharon do you know Bones. Who, do you know who boned Sharon Bones? Richard Bachman. Oh, my God. Oh, well, Heaven and Hell came out April 25th, 1980. It was recorded in Miami at Criteria Recording Studios and pre- produced by Martin Birch, who did a lot of shit, including his work with Iron Maiden, which I think he's probably known mostly for. This is also the first record to feature Jeff Nichols on keyboards. He also played bass during the demo sessions while Geezer uh, dealt with an unhappy wife. Nice. Well, I'll say this too. is Whenever I hear that albums like metal albums or darker albums are recorded in a Miami or like in the Bahamas, I guess Judas Priest went to the Bahamas a lot. Does that sound odd though? Yeah, I know. The, the, the Stones did that too. Did they? Okay. All right. Anyway, just a little side note. But uh, it doesn't sound like where you would make it. It should be somewhere in uh, Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, like outside in in a steel mill. <laughs> exactly. That's you only record at night when the ghosts are out. <laughs> uh, I think it's a pretty strong album, especially coming off of the the previous two releases. Oh, no doubt. You, you <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, okay, that's I know that's setting the bar low. However, <laughs> you know they replace their vocalist, and obviously Dio's got a name. He just came out of Rainbow, so there's. There's that cachet involved with it. And Elf. Don't forget Elf. <laughs> yeah. Who could Plus, forget Elf? Satin onesies. <laughs> you can, yes. The whole package is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got it all. He's got it all. Yeah. He's got it all. Did, Plus, did, did you ever have the Dio Cabbage Patch doll in the satin onesie in the 80s? I did. It was lovely. <laughs> you could adopt it. Uh, I'm speechless. No. Yeah, me I, too. I'm going to have to look that up on eBay later. Yeah, I'm definitely getting one. I, I want two, actually. Go ahead. Go ahead. So One, one for fucking... Another dream goes up in the smoke. Huh. 
you're a young man at this time, what's Ozzy like wasted? And, and how did you like, would you, what is it, was it fun because you would like want to party too? Or was it like, ah, dear God, is he knocking on my, you know, hotel room door at three in the morning again? Or, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, <laughs> you know, it was fun to party when Molly Crew was opening. Okay. Because, uh, because they were my buds. I knew them from L.A. And so that was a lot of fun. It was never fun to party with Ozzy. Because um, <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy, when he's sober, is a sweet, funny guy. He's like one of the funniest guys I've ever met. He's just, he's just fun to be around when he's sober. And he is for a little bit, just a tiny bit of, t- of a window there where he starts drinking and he's still fun. Um... And then he just, and then he, uh, and then a switch goes off, and he just, he is not fun. He's not fun. He's me. He turns mean, and and just ugly. And and uh, if anything, seeing that made me cut back on uh, the amount of partying I did. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was never fun to party with Ozzy. <laughs> and there was times where he would knock on my door. It'd be like three or four in the morning. And in, uh, in the hotel, and nice. I'd be sleeping, and I'd wake up because he would not quit knocking until I opened the door. And he'd come in, and he says, "I've got this idea for a song." I'm like, oh, "Okay, let me get my guitar." And then, and then this literally, to me at least, this is what it sounded like. Okay, play this. I'm like, "Holy shit! Can you hum that again?" And. <laughs> so I I hit something on the guitar, anything like this, and he get all pissed off. He no, listen to me. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'd sit there trying, and oh god, I wish I. After about the third time it happened, I turned my uh, tape recorder on so I could record all of it, <laughs> and, and, and I played it back for him the next day. And he just looked at me and said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. It, it'll never happen again. And, and thank God it didn't. PSA is first. Stay off your roof past a certain age. Don't wear jerseys out in certain situations. What else do you think is kind of like? Are you going through other age age? Uh, oh boy, yeah. That, I, mean, I should have had more prepared because I got a ton of dumb rules like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think after the age of thirty, you shouldn't ha- eat at a buffet by choice. Oh my God, you have to be for it. That's right. I mean, at some point, you have to realize that everybody has touched the food you're eating. Yeah, is that, is that, I mean, it, 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 it the, just the event itself should should repulse you. 
You know, right. I mean, when you're a young kid and you're just trying to eat as much as you fucking can every time you eat, right. I get it. But you, as an adult, why would you go? I mean, that's the whole thing. I've never understood buffets like like the old country buffet is one of the yeah. downfalls of our society. I mean, you go there. Um, and you it's see the best and brightest there, don't you? You really oh do. God. And I like the ones that go there and you're in line. Um, uh, I've never, I've actually proudly never been to an old country buffet, <laughs> but I can, I can give you a, a, a similar kind of thing where they had, uh, God, what was it? Ponderosa. What's another couple of them? Fucking buffets. Well, I mean, right now it's the Golden Corral. The Kiss Buffet. I think that's. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Actually, Tommy Summers just talked about that on, you know, because I listened to every second of Three Sides of the Coin. Sure. Uh, he just talked about the the just really poor behavior, just despicable behavior of Kiss fans at the buffet. They cut in front of his friend and took the tongs before he could reach them. Have you been to a fucking buffet? If there's any, if there's any kind of food arrangement that basically says we welcome Kiss fans, it's the fucking buffet. There is a lot of fucking tucked in t-shirts lined up and acting like if they don't get the food before you, they will run out of food. You know, do you know when you're done eating at, at, at a buffet? Uh, uh, if your buffet fan is when your shirt becomes untucked while eating. <laughs> that's that is the tipping know. point. That's when you know you're done. That's 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 actually manners. But listen, the other thing is, is if uh, first off, for Tommy to say that that's mean manners or whatever like that. If you're a professional buffet person, you know you bring your own tongs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, that way you you just kind of grab what you need. You can reach around people. You know, professionals when they have them in their back pocket, the <laughs> tongs just ready to go. Like bring up, like professionals. If you're playing pool, do you do you use the the house pool stick? Fuck no. You bring your own pool yeah. stick. You bring your own tongs to the buffet. That's the rules. Dude, if you're not ready to fucking be pushed and bullied and see the worst of society at a buffet, then you're just not prepared. I don't even... You've never been to one, maybe. I get it. But if you've been to one... You should be prepared to be cut in front of, have people reach around you, to to just be pushed around, and by... I don't know. It's absurd behavior, Blues. It's absurd! Yeah, Yeah, and and, and you know, too, as I I had a short career as a Ponderosa employee... And one of my mm. responsibilities was every 20 minutes, not, not changing the food out, but flipping the food over so it looked fresher. Oh. You understand? That, that was my point. Is that, so, so when you're in the buffet and you're yeah, like, ooh, no this doubt. looks like it was just put out. No. somebody, I would actually have to take it off site, go in the back, flip it, and then take it back out so people thought they were getting <laughs> something fresh. Yeah. Uh, you, were you, did you stir the mashed potatoes? And, uh, oh, fuck no, I didn't stir them. I flipped them. Gonna, okay, gonna, flip the mashed potatoes. You, you flip them, you put them back out there, the people lo- lick their chops, and they continue on. I just run my tongue along the sneeze guard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, the sneeze. By the way, you're going out to eat, and you're getting your food in an environment that requires a sneeze protection layer. <laughs> hey, this is a high-class buffet. Got a sneeze guard. I want my food spat on in the kitchen like a normal person. That's right. Fuck waiting for the general public to do it. Get it from the chef. You know what I feel like eating tonight, honey? A salad, some tacos, a few chicken wings, some mashed potatoes, some green beans. (laughs) I want dessert, maybe an ice cream cone, and some mac and cheese. And shrimp. Where can I get that?
challenge any podcast to show that they have used the word thistle dick ever <laughs> prior to this. Guarantee we're innovators and we've just built new ground. Hashtag thistle dick. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.